It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. So I would actually be looking for ways to create an element of camping in an environment that feels so much safer and so much more familiar. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Every week on the Happy Families Podcast, we answer your questions. And we have a question that I think is going to be on the minds of a lot of parents as school camps get closer. Hello, my name's Dr. Justin Coulson. I'm here with my wife, Kylie, mum to our six kids. Kylie, let me read this one to you. It's from somebody who wanted to stay anonymous to protect, I guess, their family and their little guy. Uh, The question says this. Hi, I love the podcast. Recent convert and trying to listen to some of the backstories as well. Um, One question I have is about anxiety in young boys. My 10-year-old is a sensitive little guy in year five. He's always been afraid of alpha males and surrounds himself with girlfriends. Now that they're in year five at school, his first ever camp is coming up in five months' time. He's expressed to me that he's scared about the prospect of sleeping in the dark in a cabin with a bunch of boys, and he doesn't want to be away from us. He also struggles when we go away on holidays and sleeping in a new place. So I think part of it might have something to do with the unknown. And he's not good with new things like food. For the record, he has had sleepovers at my parents' house, but nowhere else. And he had two little friends sleepover when he was in grade one. They were both girls and that went well at the time. When we have cuddles in bed after reading and before going to sleep, he's been in tears about the pending camp. So I think that they're talking about it at school a little more in the last few weeks. I've said to him that we can work on the dark thing at least by reducing the brightness of the nightlight gradually and hopefully working towards no nightlight and a closed bedroom door by camp time. I'm not sure how I can help him with the separation anxiety except that I brought his old comforter so that he can bring that along when the time comes. And I've promised him that he can bring a pillow and his favourite sleeping bag from home. We're a very nuclear family, two parents, two kids. His younger sister is eight and pushes him around a lot. And my husband and I are both very involved with the kids. And you can hear that, can't you, when you you listen to this email. It's such a – I just love how much parents love their kids and want them to do well. But Kylie, school camp – leaving home, sleeping in the dark with a room full of boys, quiet, sensitive kid. Kylie, there's a whole lot of things that we can do to help any families whose son or daughter might be heading away on a camp. We've been through this with our kids, never really had any major problems with it, right? Our kids were pretty keen to get away. They were excited about the prospects and they didn't have the same kind of response, but that doesn't mean that we can't be helpful. So, A handful of things stand out for both of us. You took a great big deep breath like you were ready to dive straight in. What was the first thing that was on your mind? I just think 10 is a really young age. It's it's hard enough to go and stay at grandma's as a 10-year-old or going and staying at your best friend's place. Like these are places that actually your children are familiar with. But to actually go on a camp with your entire class and an, often an entire grade, which yeah. means multiple classes, um, stay in a, you know, the, all of the things that he's worried about is completely normal. That as a as a young ten year old you would have all of those concerns. Some kids like you obviously loved it. <laughs> yeah. Any chance to get away and you know? Yeah, I'm I'm not the quite retiring type like this this little boy seems to be. Uh, but know- I also the one thing I will say is at ten years of age, if you don't feel your child is actually ready for that. School camp's not compulsory. No, it's not. But a lot of memories are made. And I also want to emphasize that avoidance reinforces anxiety. And this is an opportunity for a child to, to, I guess, 
step up. Let's let's go through a couple of things very briefly. I want to talk about. In, in my book, The Parenting Revolution, I talk about three basic psychological needs that kids have. They need to feel a sense of closeness and bonding with those around them. They need to feel a level of competence and capability, and they need to have a sense of control. So what's going on with a situation like this is we've got a little boy who doesn't have great friendships with the boys that he's going to end up stuck in a room with and spending a whole lot of time with. So that need is not being met. It makes sense, therefore, that he would be nervous about it. Secondly, though, because of the the sense of, I'm going to say, a low level of competence, that is, he doesn't feel safe and capable of sleeping in a dark room without his parents and separating, that competence need is not being met, so it feels low, and he feels like he's being forced to go. So this is a perfect storm, a perfect recipe for some negative and challenging experiences if we can't set things up. The great thing is we've got a mum who sent us a note five months early. And that's the great thing. There's time yeah. and so much can change in five months. Heaps. So when I think about this situation, the first thing that stands out to me is who are the boys that he would most likely be able to build friendships with? Where is the commonality? How can we join a handful of boys together to help create a safety net for him. And this is one of the great challenges with school camp. And anyone who's a school teacher and who has tried to organise who's going to be in which cabin knows exactly what we're talking about. Uh, I know that no parent wants to be that... uh, parent that gets in the face of the teachers and says, but my child has these needs and you need to do this, this and this, or my child can't go to camp. But I absolutely think that- I don't think you need to do that though. With five months, I would, my personal take on it, I would be going to the teacher and just saying, look, my son's really struggling with his friendships with his male peers. As a teacher, when you look at the classroom, is there any child you know, or children that you feel with a little bit of a nudge- my son could make friends with. Well, that's all I was going to say. We're not getting overly involved, but we are highlighting, this is something that we're a little bit nervous about. What are you seeing? Who can we build relationships with outside of the school well, arena? Well, and that's it. Once you've got those names, then you actually create opportunities for some play dates, 100%. meet the family, spend time with them. And over five months, if you can do enough of that, you actually have a chance that he's going to be excited because he's got you know, you can hang out with Johnny. That's right. So we've got the relationship building thing happening there. Something else that might be fun, depending on what your rule is around sleepovers, is maybe now's the time to organise for a sleepover or a camp in the backyard. I mean, I know that our kids have loved it when we've stuck a tent in the backyard on the grass and they've been able to have one or two friends over and they've all slept in the tent overnight and it's been such an adventure for them. They're really close to the house. They've got access to bathroom facilities. They've got torches. There's light. uh, But they're doing it on their own. They're sleeping outside and having that adventure. So I would actually be looking for ways to create an element of camping in an environment that feels so much safer and so much more familiar. He's going to start to get a sense of how it feels to sleep outside the house or sleep in an enclosed space with some other people who he's developing relationships with. Another thing that we've done in the past is during the holidays, I've actually hosted like a kids hangout day. Yeah. And we've just done activities, not because it's a birthday party, but just it gives them an opportunity to socialise outside of the school and have something in common. Yeah, it feels really good when the kids get to have that. Creating memories. Totally, totally. So we're building relationships. Kylie, when I consider some of the other challenges that are associated with this situation, we've got a a little boy who's just kind of nervous. And I want to go back to this idea that avoidance reinforces anxiety. My general take on these situations is no matter how uncomfortable it is for your child to go away on the camp, 
my sense is that more often than not, in the vast majority of cases, the experiences that kids have on the camp will build their sense of competence, their self-efficacy, their belief in themselves. So they might be saying, but I can't do it. I'm too scared. This is too much for me. Then they go and they actually do the camp. They have the time away from the family. They do the separation bit and they come back feeling like they've grown half a meter in height. They come back feeling six feet tall because they've done something hard. They've developed that competence. And I really think that if we step into an avoidance mentality, we reinforce all of the fears and anxieties that they have. Whereas if we step forward and say, when you do hard things, how does it feel? What we actually do is boost their resilience and we boost their sense of competence. So as hard as it is for parents to let go and to, I guess, have that slightly firmer line, in almost all cases, I would say it's worth pushing it. Now, there are some cases where you've got a child who's dealing with some clinical psychological challenges where you may choose otherwise. And talking with the school, talking with your uh, mental health professionals, who, who know your individual circumstances, that's going to be the best place to go to get guidance around that. But as a general rule, I'd be saying, push through this. It's worth it. Allay your own fears and anxieties and get comfortable with the idea that from time to time, your children are going to be uncomfortable. As horrible as that is for us as parents, we just don't want our kids to feel those things. They're a necessary part of being human and our children will do better in life if they develop the skills to regulate those emotions and push through those challenging things. So there are a couple of other points that are worth making when we consider kids going away to camp. The first one is that this is five months away. Uh, the build-up can be anxiety producing. So I would say, don't make too big of a deal about it. Give your kid a, a, a hug, let him know that you know ask if there's anything you can do, and then let it be. I wouldn't be making this a topic of conversation every single day for the next five months, or we can build it into something that is really, really big. Uh, the last thing, I guess, that we've got to talk about here, we've dealt with being away from you, the separation anxiety and the building relationships, but there's also the sleeping in the dark idea. And when it comes to this particular challenge, you might find that there is an option to plug a tiny little nightlight in the cabins that the kids are going to be sleeping in. Or you might find that this process of slowly but surely reducing the amount of light in the environment at home is a really nice way to move things towards uh, the, what, what's going to happen at the camp. The other option is just that he goes on the camp and this is what happens. And surprisingly, a lot of kids adapt to this sort of thing really, really well. Again, I don't think this is the sort of thing that we need to make a big deal about. Uh, more preparation, more focus can actually exacerbate it, blow it up, magnify it, rather than just making it something that people do. You're looking at me funny, like you don't like my perspective on this. I just still stand by the fact that Ten's really young. and Yeah, yeah it is. It is, especially there, in the world there, that we live in today. There's going to be plenty of years where school camp is going to play a, a significant part in kids' lives. And if at 10 I didn't feel like my kid was ready, I just I actually wouldn't send them. And I know you're saying that avoidance creates more, but I actually think that with another year or two, their sense of competence and their connections with their friends increases and the anxiety diminishes as a result. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you and disagree with you. In cases where the challenge is significant, then you're absolutely right. But what happens next year is we've reinforced how good it felt to stay home and not have to go. But I don't think it does. 
I actually think in most cases, children who miss out on those opportunities feel like they've missed out because the kids all come back and they talk about the experiences and that child that didn't go, they're not actually part of it. And I think that often, the I'm going to use the word consequence of not attending is that you recognize that you actually missed out on something that was really good. And so for me, we've got this really tender young child whether it's a boy or a girl it doesn't matter and I just I just feel like having been in situations as a young child myself where I wasn't ready for them and I didn't feel like I had connections the experiences I had were actually more traumatic because I was picked on I was bullied teachers didn't see things I didn't say anything and for a little kid in this situation there is the real challenge of dealing with that They've already gone into it anxious that things aren't going to work out well and then they're ostracized because they're the little kids sitting in the cabin with a torch on or, you know, they they hide out because they're too scared. Or in some cases, they're the kid crying in the corner. And so this perspective that you're sharing is precisely why this mum is saying, I'm really stuck. In fact, there was a postscript to her email that I didn't read where she basically said, I'm really conflicted. My husband thinks I'm being too soft on him. And so I'm not quite sure of the right way to go. And this is the challenge, isn't it? Because in one way, staying away can reinforce the anxiety. It can reinforce this sense that I need to be coddled and it can reinforce to the child, all I have to do is cry and say, I don't want to. And my parents will relieve me of all of the fear. And there's also the chance that the child will just develop through it and grow up and have the fear of missing out and and really wish that they could go next year. So it is really complicated. The reality is I think it really depends on the individual circumstances. I do too. I do too. And that's why I, I can't stand behind the blanket rule. We've just got to push through it because each child is going to be different. In some cases, you're exactly right sending them off is going to be the best thing you could possibly do and they are going to come back and feel like they've conquered Mount Everest Mm. but the odd case they're not and so being attuned enough to recognize whether or not this is a necessary step in helping your child build that sense of competence whether this is actually going to be detrimental that's the challenge and that's where she's at right I keep on going back to Huckleberry Finn So you've got these young kids who are exploring the world. They're going up and down the river. They've got their own little island. They're doing all these crazy things, making rafts. And I think about what childhood was in the 1970s, 1980s, 1960s, those kinds of romanticized notions of children with freedom playing outside and and having all of that experience. But the world today is not that. And while some children respond really well to it, this idea that 10-year-olds should be out and about leaving home and leaving the safety net that we... I mean, homes and families are different today than they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I'm really sympathetic to your view that the expectation that a 10-year-old would leave home and go away for a few nights and have this encounter, I, I get that it's challenging. So in most cases, those younger camps, they're only going away for a night. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe it is... A possibility to kind of push yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah. So the duration matters as well and the distance from home and, and all those kinds of things. I mean, you could even, depending on how close it is to home and depending on how far you want to take this, you could even show up at the camp and have a look around so that your child feels familiar. But ultimately, this comes down to relationships. It comes down to trust and a feeling of safety. And I think that those ideas that we shared at the start of the podcast are absolutely critically important. 
I actually just remembered we had a child who was struggling and didn't know if they wanted to go to camp. Yeah. We spoke with the teacher and just asked whether or not she could make a phone call at night time to say goodnight to us. And that was the difference between our child feeling like they were able to leave with the confidence that they would at least be able to say goodnight to us. Yeah. And, and I can imagine some teachers would have said, oh, come on. Forget it. This fairy floss, um, cotton wooling sort of stuff is ridiculous. But that was what it took to get our child over the line. And she went and she had a, a perfectly good time. Oh, I guess the other thing to emphasize, I feel like I'm turning the corner here. I'm, I'm coming full circle. But you can grow up to be a completely capable, competent and fully functioning adult. Without, without going to camp. Without having been on school camp. So it's not the end of the world. Uh, I hope... I hope that the ideas that we've shared in this episode have been useful for our anonymous listener. I love our listeners' emails. I love the questions that we get to grapple with and the messiness and the untidiness and the fact that there isn't always a clear solution. There's not always a way forward. But when we stay focused on the goal of meeting our kids' psychological needs we tend to do a better job. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rowland from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. For more about making your family happier, please visit us at happyfamilies.com.au and grab a copy of The Parenting Revolution. Parenting Revolution.